0: Whether it's languages or business, you got to connect. You got to connect emotion while you're negotiating, in the evening, when you go out and have dinner with them, drink a beer with them. And language learning is all about enthusiasm, curiosity, enthusiasm, motivation. In fact, you need to get the language in you first through massive listening and reading so that then grammar explanations might start to make sense to you. You can't start with the grammar.
1: This guy's willing to take the time to learn our language. Maybe he's gonna be more detailed about working with us.
0: I think the biggest thing about speaking languages is is that more opportunities are gonna come your way. It makes it easier to communicate with people, to persuade people, to establish relationships with people. And we all know that in business, communications, relationships are extremely important.
1: My guest today is a polyglot. Now, for some of you guys, I may say, I don't know what that means. That means he speaks a lot of languages. And by the way, nearly 20 languages. I think he learned Russian in his 60s just because he wanted to learn Russian in his 60s. And today, he's in the process of learning Farsi and Arabic. Maybe, maybe we'll get him to say a few of these languages. And he's got a system on how he learns languages. And it's very unique. And we're going to talk about that. He's also the founder of Link. I think him and his son together link. With that being said, my guest today, Steve Kaufman. Steve, thank you so much for being a guest on that entertainment.
0: My, my pleasure. My so, pleasure. So Looking forward.
1: Let me, let me ask you. So, you know, I speak four languages and a little bit of German, but I speak German because I lived in Germany for two years at a refugee camp. Right. I speak Farsi because I lived in Iran for 10 years. I speak Armenian because my mom's Armenian. I speak, you know, Assyrian because my dad's Assyrian. I speak English because I lived in America, but I don't have a system necessarily to live in a country and keep learning different languages. What got you to be obsessed with wanting to learn different languages?
0: Well, you know, the period after the age of 60, sort of after I retired, most of my life, I was in the lumber business. I had a company in lumber, uh, but then as I'm, you know, past the age of 60 and I'd learned nine languages prior to the age of 60. And I had a certain approach, which said that there's far too much emphasis on grammar. In fact, you need to get the language in you first through massive listening and reading so that then grammar explanations might start to make sense to you. You can't start with the grammar. And so people said, well, that might work for Chinese, which, and I'll get explained to you why I learned Chinese and Japanese. But people said, well, that might work for Asian languages, but it won't work for a complicated language like Russian. So I said, okay, we'll give that a try. So that's why I started learning Russian at the age of 60, uh, using our system, using Link. But sort of the reason I started into languages was that when I was mm, say 18, I got very interested in French and, you know, in Montreal, which was a bilingual city, but in fact, it wasn't, it was 1 million English speakers, 2 million French speakers, and they hardly communicated with each other. That's no longer the case today, but that was the case in the fifties. Right. And so, but then I got keen and language learning is all about enthusiasm. I mean, that's where it starts curiosity, enthusiasm, motivation. And so I eventually ended up going to France. I did my university training in France, came back to Canada. I was hired by the Canadian government trade commissioner service. Uh, they were going to send someone you're train someone in Chinese because Canada was getting ready to recognize the People's Republic of China. I volunteered and then I was sent to Hong Kong to learn Mandarin. Then I lived in Japan. And of course, I then had characters. So the Japanese was not so difficult to learn. And then in my lumber company, Japan was a major market for us. And so Japanese was very important for me. Also, we had suppliers in in Sweden, for example, and even though the Swedes are very good at English, communicating with uh, the mill workers to explain the Japanese quality requirements, et cetera, just every step along the way, languages were very important to me. And so I learned them always with a major emphasis on input. And uh, yeah, if you live where the language is spoken, that's great. But if you don't, you have to create your own language world that so that you can get that immersion.
1: Steve, you said always with a major emphasis on input. What do you mean by input?
0: Listening and reading, put simply. In other words, your brain has to get used to the language. Uh, Our brains are pattern discovering machines. Our brains are not as good at uh, digesting theoretical explanations. If I explain to you, here's this language, it works this way and that way. And here's a rule. And here's the exception. There's nothing for you to tie that to. There's no reference. Whereas if you just expose your brain to a lot of the language, a lot of things, the brain is going to figure out some things the brain will miss. So then you can go back in with a grammar explanation and say it works this way. And then you say, oh yeah, I noticed that because I've listened to so much and I've heard so much and I've read so much that what you are now explaining makes sense. But unfortunately, typical language instruction starts backwards. They begin by trying to explain the language to you before you've had enough of the language in you. So that's just a brief intro. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's, that's helpful. So would you say, um, in your career, you said, uh, you spoke nine languages before i think you said you retired or before you you know uh, 60 years old i think you said nine languages yeah. 60 years old so how did you, did that help you advance in your career the fact that you spoke multiple languages and if yes how did it help you
0: okay you know whether it's languages or business you got to connect, you got to connect emotionally, right? You can have a contract, you can have a spec, you can have all kinds of, you know, details. However, you're still dealing with people. And so in Japan, which is where I, I lived for nine years and which was a big part of, of building my business, uh, you know, often there were difficult problems, quality complaints, and we had to recover from having messed up. And the Japanese are very fussy, like they're very fussy, right? And so you still you've still got to be able to connect with people while you're negotiating in the evening when you go out and have dinner with them or have, you know, drink beer with them or whatever it might be. And there is no question that you can connect with people at a much more personal level. You know, get them to come your way a little better if you are able to speak their language and you understand them better. This was not only true in uh, in Japan. But it was even true in Sweden, where everybody speaks English. But we had to get the sawmill workers to buy into Japanese quality requirements, which were different. And of course, the Swedes, like everybody, I, particularly with, with mill workers, I've the same in Canada. You know, they're very proud. I'm a grader. I know what I'm doing. This is how we grade it in Canada or in Sweden. The, the Japanese are wrong. If they want that, that's wrong. That should be the way we do it. And so you got to get in there and explain to them somehow that actually, no, this is a different country. They have different cultural requirements, blah, blah, blah. And if you can communicate with them, even say in Sweden, in Swedish, you get a more sympathetic buy-in.
1: So, so there's an emotional connection when they notice that you took time to want to learn their language and then there is hey, if this guy's willing to take the time to learn our language, maybe he's going to be more detailed about working with us. Is, is, is that what you're saying? Or even Partly of the, the context, appreci- is Partly the appreciation
0: that you took the trouble to learn their language. So that's a level of respect for their language. And also the feeling that maybe he understands us a little better because he understands us in Swedish. And maybe they understand me a little better because I'm speaking to them in Swedish. So it just introduces another level of, of communication in both directions that I've always found helpful. I found it helpful in France, in Germany, you know, Spain, wherever. If you can use the local language, it's, you know, you hit it off with people. Makes sense.
1: Steve, why don't you give us some of the languages you speak and give me a phrase. Maybe you first say it in English so we know what you're saying. And then give us okay. some of the other languages you speak so we know exactly what you're saying.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh Alon So
1: that's
0: uh, Farsi. I'm working on my Farsi right now. al uh, Sab uh, is Farsi. I get them confused a little bit. But uh Sab, Sab, Sab. Zabone uh, you know it's much easier. Farsi is much yeah. easier than Arabic. Oh yeah. Which uh, is the language that I speak the best, other than English. So nihongo. so the next language in terms of my fluency is Japanese. Really? So your third yeah. best is Japanese. Oh Japanese, yeah. And the fourth best is Mandarin Chinese. i uh, well, in Okay. And Spanish. because I don't have any to speak Ich kann auch Deutsch sprechen. Ich weiß, du kannst auch Deutsch sprechen. Aber ja. ich, ich war nie, ich, ich war dort gewesen in den 90er Jahren, aber ich war nicht so oft in, in, in Deutschland und habe es jetzt. Ich habe nicht so viel Gelegenheit, Deutsch, Deutsch zu, zu sprechen.
1: Hm? Do, really, ja,
0: говорю по русски. Говорю по конечно, потому что я, когда мне было шестьдесят лет, я начал изучать русский язык. Хорошо. Мне очень, очень нравится. Очень нравится. What else? What have we forgotten in here? Um, yeah, I don't know. You want? To, what shall I continue with? I you know, I did some Turkish. I did some Turkish, and um, then I've left it because I want to focus on the the Arabic script. And it takes so long for the brain to get used to a different script, so that I I put the, the Turkish on the on the back burner. But I did do an, a a video on YouTube where I speak Turkish with my tutor, and and it's fun. I'm kind of focusing on the Middle East. I should maybe learn Armenian because. They're pretty important. Armenians are pretty important in Iran, for starters. And, um, and,
1: and they're starting to have a lot of influence lately. You know, I don't know about Assyrian. Assyrians, by the way, out of all these languages you've learned, so you said English is first, French is second, uh, Japanese is third, Mandarin is fourth. Uh, you said mm-hmm. Arabic is more difficult than Farsi. Which one's been the right. easiest to learn? Which one's been the toughest for you to learn?
0: Well, I think Spanish is the easiest because it's written exactly the way it's pronounced. Uh, it shares a lot of vocabulary with French. Um, so Spanish was easy, but you know, surprisingly like Romanian, uh, we were, uh, in my lumber business, we buy lumber in Romania that we sell to the U S East coast and our suppliers located, or the owner of this, you know, group of sawmills is located in Vienna. But I had to go to Romania, so I took two months to learn up Romanian. And when I was in Romania, I, I was able to converse. And 70% of the vocabulary is so similar to Italian that I found Romanian very, very easy. Very easy. Yeah. So, and but Greek was difficult. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you know, one thing, one language that I speak quite well is Swedish. They can say pratar ganska bra mycket, say a i
1: so now to you, the way you're talking to us, it's kind of like, you know, hey, you know, it's not a big deal. You, know, you can do it, it's easy, it's this, this, that. To the rest of the world that's kind of watching you uh, uh, amazed and enamored by your way to learn these languages, you gave a little bit of a glimpse about how you learn a language, your system input, listening, reading, pattern discovery you talked about. What else do you have, a, you know, your approach, your philosophy, your system of learning a new language?
0: Okay. So obviously when you start in a new language, you know, nothing, you know, no words, nothing, zero. So you have to get some traction in the language. So for example, on our, uh, in our system, we have a group, uh, we have sort of 60, what we call mini stories and in each mini story and these mini stories, they use high frequency verbs because verbs are very important. If you want to say anything, you're going to need verbs. And in each story, the vocabulary repeats four or five times in the story, because we tell the story in a certain tense or in a certain person, he, and then I, or you, uh, did, will do. And then we ask questions, not in the sense that we want you to try to remember the story, which is a bad idea. You know, comprehension questions are a bad idea. What you want is exposure. So we make a statement ask a question about the statement and provide the answer. And you're just listening. And by dint of listening to these many stories where there's already a lot of repetition within the story, and then you repeatedly listen to the story, and then you read the story on your iPad or iPhone or on your computer, and any word you don't know, you look up. And of course, on our system, all the words you don't know initially are all highlighted in blue. And any blue word is a word you haven't seen before on the system. But you click on it and you get the meaning. Now it's a yellow word and it gradually gets lighter and lighter in yellow. And when you know the word, it becomes white. So this does a number of things. You start to see that your page is getting lighter and lighter in color. Uh, A lot of these words, because they repeat in those mini stories, that word that has become yellow will show up again in yellow or in white. in in in, within that story and also in the next story once you've moved a word or changed the status of the word it stays that way and so initially say three months or so there's a lot of repetitive listening and reading to basic content in order to get sort of a toehold in the language then you have to move to authentic content and uh in the case of farsi for example i found a, a a lady a woman in her 30s in iran And she has created, using the same principle of the sort of circling questions, 26 episodes on the history of Iran in Farsi with these questions. She's gone and interviewed a bunch of people. And we have a course there called the Iranians. And they just talk about themselves. And she's done one on Persian food. And so this is kind of intermediate difficulty material. And then more difficult is podcasts. Now, in the case of Farsi, there's not a lot of stuff out there but I can go to BBC Farsi, I can go to Fardo, which is the uh, American, uh, you know, Radio Free Europe Farsi. And so, but, but in the case of say Spanish or English, there's an like podcasts in English, there's an unlimited supply. And, and so the the idea is you want to get to more and more difficult, more and more demanding content, but always you want a transcript. And on our website, again, as you move to more demanding content, we have a web you know, browser extension. So you can bring in stuff from YouTube, from Netflix, from whatever. Uh, podcasts, I, there's, there are automatic transcription sites now where I go. So I get the podcast transcribed and then I import these into link. And when you import something to link, whether from YouTube or Netflix or something you found and had transcribed, the system knows what you know. So the system tells you this stuff you brought in has 15 percent new words these are the new words to you and and so there's a whole bunch of statistics that develop uh flashcards i mean it's hard to describe in in one breath but what it does is the basic process of learning is based on a lot of listening and reading in an organized way so it it enables you to use whatever a we have in our libraries which is a lot and b stuff that you can find on the internet so that you can start you know getting this language in you and then you can look up grammar explanations some of our some of our uh, dictionaries like the dictionary i use for arabic uh they have uh, verb conjugation there so if i click on a verb and i'm not sure what you know form of the verb it is i go to context reversal conjugator and it tells me so there's a whole bunch of resources like the, the internet is full of resources like this and we kind of bring them together in in one package. And ultimately you can talk with one of our tutors if you want to eventually start you know, using the language. And even there, what I do with my Farsi tutor, my Turkish tutor, uh, all of our um, lessons, like my tutor will give me like 10 or 15 or more phrases that I had trouble with and she'll record them. And I keep these as lessons. So I have a record going back one year or however long it's been. And I can always review the discussions that we had one of the things I realize there is that I make the same mistake every week. That's one of the constants in language learning is how we continue to make the same mistakes. So when I get these reports yeah. from my tutors, which is basically a report of our lesson, which is a conversation. Okay. Uh, most of my lessons are just conversations, but of course I make mistakes sure. and I struggle to look for words and phrases. So my tutor typically sends me a list of 10 or 15 or 20 of these words and phrases and she records them. And this then becomes a lesson that I study, but I can study it not only immediately after the lesson, but six months, 12 months later, I have all of these, uh, conversation reports that I can go back to. I'm reminded of that conversation. I'm reminded of the mistakes that I've made. One of the interesting things is that even when you're corrected, you continue to make the same, the same mistake again, mistakes are a big part of language learning. You will make mistakes yeah. many, many times before you start saying things correctly, but you eventually do.
1: So, so yeah. By the way, I mean, listen. If there ever was an informational about a business product, you just did a phenomenal job sharing what your product okay. does. Now, here's a question about your company. Yes. How well are you guys doing? You know, how 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 well is the business doing?
0: Okay, uh, it's started to do well. Certainly, we had a pick up with uh, with the COVID we went through a long period where I was financing it uh, basically with my lumber business because my main business has been in, in lumber, uh, major activities. We bring lumber. To, we used to export a lot to Japan. Now we bring wood in from Europe to the U S East coast, but now it's at a point where it's, it's, uh, self-sufficient. It's, uh, financially, uh, you know, doing fine and we're continuing to grow to the point where we recently decided that we were going to ha- add, you know, another, few uh, developers because we're, you know, we're constantly trying to improve it. We've got this uh, link 5.0 coming out and the deadline keeps on receding and receding. And we said, this is, we can't do this. We better get some help in there. So it's a good problem to have. Good problem to
1: have. I know the problem personally, and it's both a good problem to have, and it can be annoying. So uh, 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 I'm sure you've experienced both. No, the only reason I asked the question is because um, I do believe there is a ton of value in learning new languages. I remember I was uh, looking at some stats earlier, it said four biggest perks of being bilingual. Number one, higher salary, bilinguals make $7,000 more per year than their peers, more job opportunities. The third one was a little bit confusing, but the more I looked at it, I said, okay, that could make sense. You'll live longer and healthier. They said bilinguals showed Alzheimer's symptoms five or six years later than those who spoke only one language. Interesting. And then the last one was smarty pants. Children who grew up learning to speak two languages are better at switching between tasks than children who learn to speak only one language. What are some benefits you would say of speaking? Okay. Languages?
0: Obviously if we are learning as an adult, it's too late to go back and take advantage of those advantages for children. Sure. Uh, I've always, I've often said, you know, I speak all these languages, but uh, I think the biggest thing about speaking languages is, is that more opportunities are going to come your way. I, I think, you know, in business, you know, even if you only speak one language, you have to perform, right? Like if you're going to be a successful business person, you've got to do what you say you're going to do. You've got to be creative. You've got to provide, you know, a benefit to your business partners. But if you have more languages, more potential opportunities are going to come your way. Uh, that's the big thing. Uh, I do it's possible. Like here I am, I'm 75, I'm alert. I'm, you know, I'm enjoying life and I attribute that to language learning and wine every evening. Okay. Every red evening. wine, every, evening, every evening, my wife makes a gourmet meal every evening, balanced, lots of veggies, a little bit of red wine and, and keeping active physically. But no, I think, uh, the big thing with it, I described earlier how it, it makes it easier to communicate with people, to persuade people, to establish relationships with people. And we all know that, uh, in business, communications, relationships are extremely important. So you can have a broader range of communications, uh, uh, better quality of communications. It's, it's still, you can't just rely on your languages, whatever business you're in, you've got to be good at what you do. But, but if you speak languages, you're going to have more opportunities. And I think you can, you can power up.
1: Yeah. Very cool. So Link, uh, founded by you and your son, how many languages does your son speak? I'm curious.
0: Okay, so my son speaks five, okay. And of course, when we had two boys, and when they were young, my wife and I, my wife speaks five languages, we tried to get them to learn at least French in Canada, and they were very resistant to all of our efforts, right? But my son, Mark, who works with me on on link, he ended up playing professional hockey. he He you know, he went to Yale for four years. He did very well. He was leading scorer at Yale. He was in the States, they have a thing called the Hobie Baker Award for the best, uh, you know, college hockey player. So he was a Kobe, Hobie Baker finalist uh, in hockey. And then he went and played. It wasn't very big. He went and played in Europe. And all of a sudden, he's, you know, he's in Italy and everyone's speaking Italian. And he's in Austria and everybody's speaking German and Switzerland and then Japan. So he suddenly realized just how beneficial and how much more pleasant life is when you you can speak the languages. That people around you are speaking. So now he speaks five languages. But as a kid, we couldn't get him. We couldn't get him. You know, it's very difficult. Parents have to be very careful. Don't push too hard, or the kids will just push right back.
1: There's no question about that. Steve, I've, I've really enjoyed having you. And I think uh, in a world of business where we are ourselves nowadays, you know, it almost seems like the schools we go to, the direction they're taking is hey, you got to learn Mandarin. You got to learn this. You got to learn that from your take before we wrap this up and this will be the final topic we'll talk about if you were to say you know i think if there's three languages you ought to learn today or you know somehow encourage your kids to learn today what would you say i mean take english out what would you say are the top three languages today to learn for business
0: you know i think it's very important to let the kids choose the language that they're most interested in once because the most difficult language is the first language so once someone has learned another language it then becomes much easier to learn other languages so i wouldn't force people uh but in terms of importance obviously if you live in the united states spanish i mean it's no question and uh, so spanish is a big one uh obviously potentially chinese but only if you're going to be doing business there but the big thing is so much of language learning depends on your motivation so if you can inc- at least allow kids to discover a language, one that they're interested in. It might be, it might be, you know, K-pop and Korean or, you know, it doesn't really matter what it is. I I would encourage uh, kids to get interested in a language and focus on comprehension. Don't focus on them producing the language correctly. Focus on them enjoying the language, whichever language. And once they get started on the, the voyage, the journey of language learning, they will continue.
1: Well, Steve, uh, uh, really enjoy listening to you. Where can people find you by the way?
0: Well, uh, you can find me on YouTube. I have a, a channel there, uh, well over 300,000 subscribers and I call myself Lingo Steve on YouTube. Uh, but certainly come to Link, LingQ.com, which is where I learn languages. And, uh, I think people would find it, uh, you know, helpful, a pleasant kind of environment. Everything you need is sort of there. So those were the two would be the two places that uh, I'm on Twitter. But Lingo Steve, if you look for Lingo Steve, you're gonna find me we're and come to link.
1: Both, we're gonna put both links below for people to go out there and find you. Subscribe to his channel. Go visit his website uh, 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 to find out more about what they're doing. With that being said, Steve, thank you so much for being a guest on Valutainer.
0: I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Thank
1: you. So if you learn a second language, your income's going to increase $7,000, apparently according to Gallup, right? Something crazy to be thinking about. But it was fascinating listen, listening to him about how he learns a different language, 20 of them at the age of 74, 75. Curious to know what you took away from it. Also, if you enjoyed the interview, there's another interview I did with Don Miller about storytelling, probably one of my favorite interviews of all time that didn't get a lot of views. But it's fascinating if you've never seen it. Click over here to go watch that interview. Thanks for watching, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.